Veteran Podcast. Thank you for your service. Welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited to be with you for another Friday edition of Bulletproof Veteran Podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun today, and I hope you guys are all ready. Uh, You're going to start your weekend off right with this one. So this week, we have Caleb Masoner. He's an Army veteran. He is also the executive director at Balanced Veterans. Okay, and now you might remember Balanced Veterans. Uh, They came on the show. The founder actually came on the show um, and also a uh, a, one of their fitness um, ambassadors uh, came on and talked about this holistic method of taking care of yourself as a veteran. you might remember they were talking about the triangle and and there's, you know three pillars of kind of how to attack your general well-being. Well, one of those pillars was the use of cannabis rather than going straight to pharmaceuticals. Um, now, the use of that cannabis could either be medical or recreational, and a lot of states now have been going and legalizing recreational use. New York, where I'm from just did this, just this year. Um, And one of the big parts that I kind of cued in on um, about the legalization process is is that they are legalizing growing your own. Now, if you know me, I am a huge proponent to grow your own food, hunt, uh, you know, make your own beer, make your own wine, kind of control the process of the things that you consume. I'm very into that. I think it's a great way to um, just get some alone time. Uh, I think the process is very calming. Uh, I love brewing beer because I love the science side of it. I like getting into the numbers, the technical aspect. I love building equipment, all that kind of stuff. So I get really jazzed up when I have the opportunity to create something myself. And Caleb brings this up during the interview. He talks about um, being able to supply your own medicine. So that's what we're going to focus on today. We're not talking so much about balanced veterans, though it does come up, but Caleb is really going to focus on growing your own marijuana, whether it's for medical use or for uh, recreational use. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the medical uses. We're going to talk about some of the reasons you might want to do this, uh, some of the pitfalls, uh, some of the things you need to get started, um, and really just enjoying the process and not getting too bogged down and worrying if it's going to work, not work, if they're going to plant's going to die or it's going to survive, and kind of just going with the flow and enjoying the experience of taking something and bringing it all the way from a seed to the table whether that's to smoke, whether it's to make gummies, to use in baking, whatever, however you're going to consume the product at the end, it's that whole process. It's building your equipment. It's checking everything out. It's everything that really uh, you can take away from something as cool as growing your own vegetables or whatever. It's just that now another uh, item. And what's really cool about this one is, is if you are using it for medical purposes, you can control your medicine. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people have ever had a chance to. You go to the doctor, they give you a pill, they tell you the dosage, they tell you what they're going to give you, and unless you really argue with them, you take it and you go home. You deal with side effects, whatever the case may be. Well, 
Caleb gets into this when you grow your own medical marijuana. You can tweak things. You can change things. You could try different strains. You could try, uh, you know, to uh, do different things with light and and uh, nutrients and the the process of drying and all this stuff. And that's going to impact the product that you get at the end. And it's going to impact how the medicine works for you. So, uh, very cool stuff. I'm really excited about. it. I think you guys are going to love this interview. And you, I, I don't know if you could tell. I really just had a blast talking to the guy. So uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I, I want my wife to start growing right now. I want my dad to as well. Uh, he's got a big garden over there. He could take care of it, uh, you know, really get something going. I think in the state of New York, um, each adult gets to grow three plants. So, I mean, it's plenty um, if you are able to uh, take advantage of it. So, uh, but before we get into the interview, I have a new segment for you this week. It's something I've been thinking about and kind of mulling over how I could work into the show. Um, and, and I think I got it figured out. We're going we're gonna to try it out today. Um, the new segment is I wanted to start each show each week with highlighting a veteran-owned business and their product. Um, these are not products that I'm getting reimbursed for or anything like that. I'm not affiliated with the companies. It's just products I've stumbled upon over the years and that I use. Um, I try to use a lot of veteran-owned and operated businesses, whether it's people that work in my house or just stuff that I buy from the internet to you know try out, whatever the case may be. So I figured it would be kind of cool to start each show with just a short little snippet for people that maybe don't know that these products are out there. Again, I don't get anything from these companies. I don't want anything from these companies. It's stuff that I use that I could honestly recommend to the listeners without worrying about anything. You know what I mean? I'm not being uh, forced into this in any way uh, to say nice things about a product. It's just stuff that I like. Um, so we're going to start that off this week. Uh, and, the, and the company that I chose to start it off with was one of the first uh, uh, veteran-owned companies that I started buying from. Um, and it was uh, Badass Beard Care. If you have a beard, uh, you know itch. You know um, the, 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 the harshness of that first few, you know, maybe month of, of growing that beard. You want to kind of almost rip off your face a little bit. Um, but, and it, I, this is kind of what happened to the, the founder of Badass Beard Care. He, he was in the military when he got out. I think he did like 10 years. When he got out, he started growing the beard and his freaking face was itchy as crap. So he started looking into some of these beard products, oils, bombs, all this kind of stuff. And he ended up making his own. This guy, Charlie Moyer is his name. Um, again, veteran, founder of Badass Beard Care. Uh, so I, I tried this product and I just fell in love with it. The scents, um, the different, uh, whether it's bomb, butter, oil, um, just really cool stuff. Uh, and then I started getting into, they had grooming products. So they had scissors, they had um, carriers for the, for your countertop that puts all your oils and, and brushes and combs and all that kind of stuff in. And just really cool stuff, all made out of wood. The combs are oxbone, um, you know, boar bristle brushes for your beard that, that doesn't damage it. You're not using like a nylon comb with a lot of static that damages the beard hair and it's rougher. And then your wife complains that you're ripping up her face every time you kiss her. Um, this stuff makes everything nice and soft. You can really just kind of enjoy it. And it smells amazing. All right. 
my favorite scent that they have, it's called the Mountain Man. It's like pine and cedar. Um, I want to actually pull up the website in front of me so that I can uh, talk ab- about some of the scents um, and, and, and what they kind of got going on. Um, they also have the ladies man, they have the Viking, um, you know, they also do some seasonal scents. They have the Patriot. Um, there's a soda jerk in the past. They did like a brew master, which was more kind of like a hop flavored. They have whiskey, uh, whisker wax. Um, they even started bringing these scents into all natural deodorants that don't have a lot of like the silver and stuff like that, 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 is known to actually cause some issues in the human body. It's it's really not good for you. Um, it's it, so theirs is based. It's a charcoal based product. Um, very cool. Uh, they have some awesome swag like patches, hats, shirts, all that kind of stuff. Um, they also started making beard wash and body wash. Again, all in the same scent. So if you find a scent that you really kind of like love. If you kind of like latch on like I did, then you could get all of the products in the same scent. Um, they got Earl Grey tea, which is a lavender and a vanilla. Um, that one's that one's the Royal Knight is is the name of that. El Barista. They used actually used Black Rifle Coffee, another one of my favorites. I've gotten that uh, a couple times, and you put that on in the morning, you instantly wake up because it's just the smell of coffee right in your face. It's it's so good. Um, you're gonna, you'll, you'll definitely love that one. Um, they have one that is a natural uh, mosquito repellent. So if you're working outside and you want to smell nice and you want your beard to look good, but you want to get rid of some uh, uh, mosquitoes, the bushwhacker is eucalyptus, lemongrass, and citronella. Really cool idea, you know, especially for the guys and gals out there that are working outdoors. Um, so... Uh, like I said, I've been using this product now, I want to say, better part of 10 years, um, give or take, maybe maybe a little shy of that, seven years, um, and I've loved it. I've even used it when I don't have a beard. There's been some times in there that I didn't have a beard, and I use the oil for my hair, my skin. Uh, I'll, I'll put a little bit on my face, uh, helps with dry skin, that type of stuff. So if you don't have a beard, but you're looking for like an oil for your hair, you can also use the balm. And I just started using the beard butter, which was really cool. It's much, it's more of a conditioner. My wife is always complaining that my, my beard is very harsh, that it's, uh, like bristles. So I wanted to help her out. You know, I'm trying to be a good husband and not just be like, yeah, I'm going to grow my beard as long as I want. Screw you. She doesn't really care for it all that much. So I keep it a little shorter and I'm trying to condition it a little bit more. So I started with the, the beard butter again. I stuck with the mountain man, which is a pine and cedar scent. It's just what I like. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else on here that, uh, you 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 might like like i said the tools are really cool the scissors are amazing the 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 combs the brushes they also make a multivitamin i've tried that as well uh, i am very bad at taking multivitamins i always forget so i don't kind of stick with it that's that's on me it had nothing to do with the product the product was really good i actually did enjoy it um it's a little bit of a big pill so i cut mine in half just that was me but um the multivitamin was really good it promotes uh it's it's a it's an all around men's kind of multivitamin, but it is 
definitely for if you're trying to grow a beard, it has some stuff in it that helps with healthy growth and a little bit of growth acceleration. Um, all of these products, um, or I should say all of the scents, if you want to try them out, you can get what's called the trial pack. You can try before you buy. It comes in a little vial. You get a little bit of the bomb, and you get a little bit of the um, oil, and you can you know, send away, they'll, they'll send it to you for free. Um, and you can try out the different scents that you want before you, you know, commit to actually buying it. Um, like I said, they also make a wax, which is heavier. If you want to try to keep flyaways down, you could put wax. Um, I think I mentioned that they have the, um, the mustache wax as well. If you're trying to do handlebar or something like that, they have all of that stuff, but just check them out. It is an awesome company, veteran owned and operated. You can go to badassbeardcare.com. I'm telling you, they knocked it out of the park with, with with every product that I've gotten from them. I have not been disappointed. I don't think you will be either. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the new segment. Um, if you have ideas for products that you want me to try out or suggestions for products for me to try out, I'm always looking for new stuff. You can send those over to bulletproofveteran at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys for this segment. Um, Obviously, I only use so many different things, so I don't want to run out of um, companies to highlight. So please do send those over, or you can DM me on Instagram, whatever, if you have one that, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be a body product or something like that. It could be something you use in the house. It could be wood products. I know there's a lot of veteran-owned uh, and operated, uh, you know, companies that are making flags and coasters and all sorts of stuff. So um, if you see something that you really like and you want me to take a look at it, send that on over. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all that stuff. You know where to find us. Okay. Um, you definitely just go over to bulletproofveteran.com. There's links to all of our social media, and there's also a, a contact form. If you ever need to get in touch with the show with show ideas or questions about the show. Um, like we talked about last week, uh, we have the Amazon merch is up. I'm putting out different types of shirts. Uh, I haven't really advertised them just yet. Um, it's a great way to support the show. I don't get a lot of money from them, but I'm just trying to cover some of the costs of my Zoom uh, membership and you know, uh, putting up the website and hosting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, if you if you want to support some of the gear and advertise the show a little bit and show that you you know you 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 listen, it's a great way to do that. And like I said i get a little bit of cash just to keep the show running so and you know expand a little bit we want to we want to keep growing uh but you can go to amazon.com and just search for bulletproof veteran uh click on one of the shirts and you know you can also click on the brand and we got a couple different things out there we got a pogue shirt we got bulletproof veteran just uh the name we got the logo um and then there's just some cool designs there's a humvee design there's uh, uh, MRE designs, that type of stuff, you know, so it's just fun. Check it out. Um, again, anybody who wants to support, it's a, it's a great way to do it. Uh, but the best way to support is always to leave a like, a comment, you know, share the show, um, leave a review, any of that stuff. YouTube, the podcast providers, best way to support the show uh, above and beyond buying anything. I'll never really say that you have to buy anything to support the show. Just leaving a review is is great or just sharing an Instagram post to let other people know that we're out here. Uh, that is that is always the best thing to do. So I do appreciate anybody that does that. Um, I talked a lot. I think that's it.
I think we can get into this interview. Like I said, we got Caleb on from Balanced Veterans. We are going to be doing some awesome, awesome things with growing marijuana for recreational and medical use. So uh, let's get to this week's interview. All right, everybody, welcome back to Bulletproof Veteran Podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun today. For all those people out there that might have a garden, I know I do. I grow tomatoes. I grow cucumbers. My father has a garden that's, uh, it used to be an old bocce court. Now he grows everything from lettuce to asparagus. I mean, that guy's just going crazy over there. But I have a gentleman on the show that we're going to be talking about growing a little something else. Okay, something that we might not have been able to in the past. But now with some changes in laws and changes with attitude, really, more than anything, um, we're going to talk about growing cannabis. We're going to talk about cannabis as a benefit to veterans. Um, we've had Balanced Veterans on before, but today we actually have the executive director on of Balanced Veterans Network. Okay, His name is Caleb Masoner. All right. He's an Army veteran. And like I said, we're going to talk all things growing and all things cannabis. So, uh, Caleb, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, It's great to um, have you, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be here and glad to um, just put a little knowledge out about cannabis, you know, in the veteran realm. Uh, it's one of those taboo subjects. Uh, so glad to be able to come on and, and share a bit about it. Yeah. So. The way we usually start to show off, it's real simple. We like to just hear a little bit about you. So we kind of get an idea where you're coming from and kind of where your thought process starts when we get into some of these topics and we kind of understand why you may have the opinions that you do. Um, so if you could, tell us a little bit about you. Absolutely. I actually joined the military back in 2006, joined the Army, um, actually had uh, issues joining because I failed my first drug test at MEPS for cannabis. So I actually have a love-hate relationship with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a, a little bit of, um, you know, upsetness in the beginning because it disqualified me for uh, quite a few things. I was going airborne. I was ha had a top secret clearance. It's going 25 Bravo, which is intelligence. Um, and so it kind of threw me off there. Um, and I didn't really look at it as, you know, a medicine or anything like that at that point. Um, I was young and just, you know, kind of doing my own thing and then joined the military um, and had to choose like something other than that. So I said, give me the easiest job that has to do with computers. Uh, and so they put me in an admin type of role, um, ended up deploying in 2009, did admin there and then actually did some driving, driving uh, MRAPs for uh, PSD mm -hmm. and got back and noticed that things were a little bit different. I, you know, was drinking heavily, uh, ended up getting a DUI uh, in 2011 uh, and really started doing some reflection at that point, trying to understand what was going on. I had sought help at the VA and they kept throwing pills at me um, and it was actually making things worse for me. I didn't really understand what was happening. It took a while to actually accept that I had post-traumatic stress or anxiety or anything. I've kind of had that mentality of I can, you know, tough this out. Um, like so many people do. Just, that's, I mean, that's yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of got to this point where I started questioning myself um, and then ended up being able to move uh, in 2017 to Illinois uh, and they had a medical program and I reached out to another veteran and kind of asked, Hey, you know, have you ever used cannabis 
for your anxiety or anything? And they're like, yes, absolutely. I need to introduce you to a few people. Um, and I was introduced to uh, some individuals and we started Operation 1620 around that time. Um, and it was nice to be able to have a group where we could interact with each other and just ask questions. Um, what's working for you? How's this going? Um, and it was kind of like a, a, a group support there. Um, and we were able to start growing in 2020. And that's when I started growing. Um, and Operation 1620 linked up with Balanced Veterans shortly after that um, to push a balanced message um, because cannabis is a great alternative to pharmaceuticals, for pharmaceuticals but it is not the only way. Um, so uh, we wanted to just push that message there that, hey, you need to find balance in everything you're doing. Um, and throughout my ability to grow, I noticed that cannabis was helping and just the horticultural horticulture therapy that was coming along with growing my own medicine. It was just amazing. So, um, you know, I've been growing for about a year and a half now. Uh, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, but now we've kind of moved into educating other veterans and helping them take that next step to uh, grow their own medicine, take control of their uh, healing and their health. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more acceptable and more and more attainable because the laws are changing in so many states. Uh, New York just recently, within the past, I think, six months, we're now, I believe, able to grow three plants per person in the household. Um, and it's it's hilarious because I've joked around with my father, who comes from a generation that marijuana was bad, don't ever smoke it, you're a burnout if you do, that type of mindset. And I think it also had a little bit to do with a little bit of an Italian culture. Um, you know, it, it was fine to drink, but don't smoke weed. Very weird for me. Like, I never understood that. But that was the upbringing. And I've had full conversations now in 2021 with my father. And he's like, yeah, I'd grow it in my backyard now, now that it's legal. Why not? And I'm like, who? wait, 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 what? <laughs> who are you, first of all? <laughs> but it just, it goes to show how much that mindset has changed and how much the public opinion has changed. I believe there was a um, survey that went out just recently, just before they were talking the, this past week about um, a, a couple bills that they want to do at the federal level uh, to legalize. And 86% of grown adults think that marijuana should be legal in the United States at the federal level. 86%. I mean, that's crazy. Pretty overwhelming. Yeah. And there's still, still are a lot of people though, that are, are stuck on that old stigma. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned that your father's kind of come around. Um, my family still, you know, they kind of admit that they uh, think that there's medicinal benefits, but you know, wouldn't personally do it themselves and don't want anything to do with it. Um, my dad was a police officer, uh, when I was younger. So I think that that was kind of drilled into his head and it may have been mixed in with some other things that he saw that kind of may have reinforced some of mm -hmm. his mindset. Um, but yeah, there's still a, a very strong stigma, which is, you know, what we try to do. We try to portray it in a different light, help people understand that there are a lot more benefits uh, than they were told a lot, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that you guys have been doing since uh, even before you teamed up with uh, Balanced Veterans is just providing information, uh, everything from helping people get their medical uh, marijuana card, um, 
providing a place where you can ask questions in forums and things like that, where you could say, hey, um, you know, what strain should I be smoking if I have X, Y, and Z? So, yeah, you know, I've I've spoken to my wife and she doesn't like, she doesn't want to smoke something and feel dopey. And I say smoke, but it could be edible. It could be, you know, there's so many different ways now, but we'll just use smoking as as a simple way to describe it. But there's other strains that she could use, sativas, things like that, that now you don't have to feel like dopey. There can be actually a little bit of energy uh, from it. Uh, it could be more of a daytime thing than a nighttime thing for her if she wanted to. So you guys have done a great job with getting that information out. Well, thank you. Like we, We've really tried to put a focus on understanding the, I guess, the science behind it. And it's a lot of stuff still emerging, but... Um, you know, it's a lot bigger than just the, the, the two boxes we put on indica and sativa. Mm-hmm. It really starts getting into terpenes and flavonoids and, you know, all these different elements that we can breed into the plant uh, to make it do, you know, something or another, um, depending on what results we're trying to achieve. So it's really, um, really new science coming out. And it's really cool to see how you can custom tailor, you know, your healing path. Yeah. And that's where I think growing comes in. So just like you would with anything else that you do out of your home, whether it's growing your own vegetables, whether it's home brewing beer, whether it's making your own wine, any of these types of things, you can geek out as much as you want. Uh, you can be like me and have three tomato plants and a cucumber plant outside, or you could be like my dad in the giant garden, like I said, <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the show. You can geek out as much as you want. When I brew beer, I love getting into the technical side of it because that's the way my brain works. So I want to hit my numbers. I want to know specific gravity. I want to know IBUs. I want to play with things. And so if that is what you want, you can do that as well with growing uh, cannabis, which is awesome because that's really going to get more people to do it. Absolutely. Cannabis, you know, they didn't call it weed for, you know, just no reason. It really is a resilient plant. Um, And like you said, you can really get into the technicals. You can Um, figure out, you know, what I can do to make my buds get bigger or, you know, do, um, you know, go a little bit longer for a different type of feel in flower stage. Um, But it's really kind of up to you on what you want to do. This last grow that I had, it was very hands off. Um, You know, I just pretty much kept a track of when I actually watered uh, and what I put into that. I wasn't doing a whole lot of measurements. And that was just because over time, I noticed, you know, hey, this is what I was putting in every single time. So you kind of learn, I, you know, I don't necessarily have to measure this. I'm going to get medicine and it's going to do what I need it to do. Now, I could probably uh, get a little bit more in depth with that and maybe get, you know, a little bit fatter buds or something like that. But I'm not really having an issue with uh, my production, my harvest. So that's not something I'm necessarily focused on right now. Right. Right. So if you're a veteran, you want to get started in this. I would suggest the first thing you do is check your local laws um, because you do not want to get yourself in any type of trouble. Let's be honest. Um, Where are some good resources that people can check their local laws? Um, We we, we understand, take the federal side of it out because they're still crazy. And uh, (laughs) one day maybe we'll come around. But from a local level, what's a good place to get that information? Um, there are a lot of great resources to find that type of information. Um, one of the 
best resources would be like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have uh, a page, I think it's normal.org slash laws. And it's state by state and it breaks down, you know, the laws that were passed. Um, you can also follow like marijuana moment. Uh, they put, you know, some of the new laws, the breaking bills, the things that are being proposed. And when things pass, you um, can get their newsletter and, and be notified, you know, of what just passed, uh, who supported it, who didn't support it, what was said. There's a lot of great stuff. And and, and you can always just um, go read the text of the actual bill yourself. You know, it's ultimately your responsibility to know the law. So um, just do some reading there and, and educate yourself, or you can just join a community and ask questions. And a lot of people can kind of um, fill you in there, but it's best to really do your own research. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, normal is a great place to get information. Um, like you said, that, that laws page is awesome and you can go and you can find out the names of the bills. That's a great starting point to then do your own research because once you have the bill ident that was passed, now you could actually pull up that text and read it for yourself. You don't want to leave your legal um, world in the hands of somebody else. (laughs) You want to make sure that you did your reading. You know what's in the bill. You know that three plants are legal, not four. You, you know, or whatever, you know, it's three per household or is it three per person? Uh, all yep. these different things come into play and it's going to be written right there. And then you could ask questions and go, you know, as, as yep. you get more uh, uh, information. So uh, that is a great resource. Like I said, get that, get the bill numbers and then go to your local, uh, wherever you get your local legislative information from and, and get the whole bill. Um, so that's, that's very good. Um so then you decide that you want to grow. How do you know what to start with as far as I have XY condition? So I have, say, anxiety or I have glaucoma or whatever. How do you find out what the best strain to grow for? Because you're growing your own medicine now. We're focusing on that. We're not really going recreational right now. Focus on the medical side of it. How do I know what to plant? So a lot of this is going to be uh, dependent on your body. Um, everyone is different, their makeup. So, you know, a strain that may work for me may not work for you as much. And uh, a good starting point is to join a community of like-minded individuals that, that may have some of the same ailments. And you can ask those individuals, and that's a great place to start. You can maybe start ruling out some of the strains that don't work for you. Uh, and it's going to be a lot quicker to find a strain that may work for you. Um, you can also, you know, look around on YouTube um, or just do simple Google searches. But I honestly think that that community aspect is invaluable because the feedback you get is not going to be easily found on the internet. Yeah, and if you if you do get in a community with other veterans, there's a better chance that they, if it is a veteran specific issue that you're using cannabis for, you're going to get a lot more unique and tailored feedback from that group. Exactly. So it's it, that, that type of information uh, is hard to find, you know, just getting, um, I guess, more like qualitative data rather than just, you know, a big over, you know, over um, arching suggestion. Right, right. And that's what you really want. Cause you, if you, if you are doing this for medicinal purposes, you want to get the best product and the best end product out of your crop 
to help you because you're doing it for exactly. medicine. You don't want to get, listen, you could get a great high off of your product, but if it's not helping you with your particular condition that you're trying to focus on, then really it's not, you're not doing the intended purpose at that point. Yep. And, and some people react, you know, better or worse to like THC mm-hmm. or CBD. So like if you um, have anxiety and you ingest a high THC um, plant or strain, then you may react negatively where mm-hmm. someone else may react very positively. So it's, it's very strain dependent and it's also, uh, you know, dependent on your physiology. Right. Right. And that's, again, understanding yourself, understanding what you're doing and the knowledge that you need to kind of have in the background while you're doing all this will will get you to the best place. Yep. And and just take it slow. Like there's no rush. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, finish line we're trying to get to. This is a, a learning process for everyone. Um, so just you're going to have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And so how... How quickly can you expect to get your first crop? You say take your time. Is this something like, say, my tomato plants, where I plant once a year, and I but I can I can harvest quite a few times off that plant, uh, you know, throughout that growing season, mostly in the fall. But you know, there's a good three months that I could try it out. Or is this something where I'm planting and then I can plant something again and again and do this multiple times throughout the year? So there's a couple of different ways you can approach it. And it really is dependent on um, the area that you have to grow. Um, You may just be able to grow in a a cycle where you have to go through a vegetative state and then a flower state and then start back over to the vegetative state. Or if you have enough room, you can have a tent that is for vegetative and a tent that is for flowering and you can have a perpetual harvest. That way, as soon as the flowering is done, you can take it and harvest it, and then move a a vegetative plant into the flowering tent. And you get a lot quicker uh, turnover with that method. So it's kind of dependent on what your situation will allow for. Um, But for the most part, you're going to take one plant into vegetative state and into flower state, and then you're going to do a full harvest. So it is not necessarily like uh, a tomato plant where you can pull off, you know, all summer. Um, You can do partial harvests. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, you're going to do that at the top of the plant. You would take the, the buds that are closer to the light off because they're going to mature a little quicker. And then you can leave some of the lower on and then harvest it later. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those personal preference type of things. So it's very similar to like the cousin, which is hops. Um, that, that's kind of a similar type of, of harvest where you're, you're going to grow once you basically, I mean, and if you see a, a, a hop farm, they basically take, they take the whole plant down, you know, because they take it up down off the trellis at that point to harvest it and that's it. And then it's done. So it's, it's kind of closer to that. Yeah. And I actually saw an article, I believe it was last week that was talking about the cannabis plant and uh, the, uh, what is it? Uh, the plant that produces hops that they were distant relatives. So yes. they are very closely related. Yeah. That's why I always call it the cousin. It's the, it's the cousin of the plant. You know what I mean? It's, but they are very similar. Um, they're both very hardy for the most part. It's very hard to kind of screw it up though. You can, (laughs) but if you basically have the right growing temperatures, light water, that type of stuff, you're going to get something. (laughs) Exactly. Which is what we want. And yeah. And those 
go into producing a plant and you can tweak each one and it will adjust the outcome. So just finding that sweet spot is really um, something that's that you want to do. And that's, again, finding the balance of your plant. And when you get to learn your strains, that's why I say take it slow. Don't go in and throw like 15 different strains in and because then you're balancing each different plant with the different nutrients and the inputs. Yeah. Yeah. Again, taking it slow, I think is a, is a good thing. So you can really tweak your process and understand how everything that you do impacts the plant. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a good way to do it is start growing, uh, without, um, any inputs, you know, no nutrients. And then you can come in and you can slowly add nutrients to see how it's affecting the plant. Um, and, and then you kind of have a better understanding of what potassium may do or what nitrogen may do or phosphorus, you know, it's, it's all of these different nutrients affect a plant in different ways. So understanding how it will affect it will, um, allow you to adjust for a different output. Okay. So you talked a little bit about tents and this, and, and you know, so we're getting a little bit now. We've decided we're growing. We've maybe picked out our first strain that we're going to plant. We've looked at our laws. What are some of the things that we're going to need to purchase, say, to get started, equipment-wise, that type of stuff? Say a simple, I'm just getting started, a simple um, growing setup. Uh, if you're doing something simple, then I would, you know, always suggest a tent. That way you can control your environment as much as possible, your temperature, your humidity. Um, so you want a nice quality tent. Um, and then the next input is going to be your light. Uh, you want a, a nice quality light that's going to have one of the biggest impacts of, you know, your output, your harvest. Um, and, you know, your light, you want to make sure that there are spectrums for vegetative state as well as, um, flowering state. Uh, and then you want to be able to monitor your plant. So you want to have like temperature and humidity gauges. Uh, and there are actually some systems where you can connect your monitors to your, um, your um, fans and, and things like that to control them automatically. Uh, fans is another thing, like you can have an inline fan, which will uh, help control smell if you attach a filter to it. Um, and then you could just have like simple oscillating fans. You want to have air movement, mm -hmm. uh, to where the air doesn't get stale. It helps bring in fresh air, um, and, and push out, you know, any hot air, humid air. Um, and, uh, then you want pots, uh, to put your plants in, um, and in your pots, you'll be put your, whatever growing medium you want to use. Uh, and then you need to source your seeds or your clones. Yeah, and and that was actually going to be one of my questions to you is, where do you find this? You know, I I kind of have it in my head of the of the guy in high school who was you know smoking joints, and he would as he was breaking it up, he would save his seeds to try to grow a plant. Not probably the best way to get started. Um, the yeah. chance of success is probably a lot lower with that. Uh, you know, and that's probably why he didn't do very well. Um, but. Um, yeah. Where, where is a good place to source this stuff, especially dealing with, again, a little bit of the legal issues and, and you know, you can't just drive into New Jersey if I'm in New York and transport it across state lines, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So what, what is a good way to find where you can uh, get your starter plant or seeds? That's a great question because even in Illinois, some of the laws were very vague mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they legalized home grow, but there was no avenue to 
you know, it was clear cut to get seeds or clones. So we kind of had to figure it out on our own. Um, and, you know, we have our own community, bvn.vet, and we have like a genetics exchange area. So you can go in there and you can see if there's anyone local to where you can get some seeds or some clones there. But another way to get seeds is uh, through seed banks. Um, and uh, or you could just find local growers who uh, may have some extra seeds because, yeah, some plants will put off um, seeds if they get stressed enough. And those are generally OK to use. Um, as long as you understand what genetics you have there. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, some of the, some clones are available at dispensaries depending on your state too. Mm -hmm. And clones are, in my opinion, a little bit superior because it gets you ahead of the game. When you have a seed, you have to mature that plant. Uh, when you have a clone, it is a mature clone of the planet was cut from. So you're a little bit ahead of the game with those. Right. You're already starting at a point where you're going to be in a pot and you're going to be already in your tent and all of that, and you can kind of get right to it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, New York's going to be a little weird, I think, for a little while, just speaking from what I've read about what's going on here, because they legalized everything, but they didn't set up the regulatory body yet. So dispensaries and stuff like that aren't, you can't just open one yet. Um, even though they've said that it is going to be legal and you are going to be allowed, I think they're still looking at the outside of possibly two years prior to the first dispensaries getting licensed and open. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's that's, a little... It's a bit of a wait. It's, it's a bit of a wait. And it's New York. You know, we love, you know, regulatory bodies. Let's set up a commission <laughs> um, because that's fun and it costs money. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean... that. I'm hoping that they that timetable's more on the outside, and we're talking more of about a year. Um, that would be a lot better. Um, just for the whole industry, I think it would be better because I think people are chopping at the bit to get started with starting businesses, selling, growing, all the different things. And right now, it's a little bit of a limbo. You've basically just created a thing where now I don't have to worry about a cop stopping me. That's basically all you've done at this point until you kind of progress forward with this. Yeah, it's a very, very lucrative market. Yeah, for sure. My uh, my cousin, he's a uh, he was a biomedical engineer, and uh, he, after college, I mean, very intelligent person to to, to graduate with a degree in, in biomedical engineering, uh, got into laboratory testing for cannabis, and that's what he's been doing ever since. Uh, I think he's I want to say he's out in Colorado now, but he's been, he was in California, he was in uh, a bunch of different places working in labs testing, all testing stuff. Uh, very cool. Very cool. He would come by and tell me all about it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's a, the dream of a lot of people <laughs> being able to do testing or working with cannabis in, in some form. Of course. So, and, and that's where homegrown is a great way to kind of get that, um, that feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's for, especially for veterans who are generally more hands-on type people. Um, they want to do things themselves. Um, you know, whether it's a construction project around your house or it's home brewing or it's, you know, mowing your own lawn or growing your own food, you know, or it's hunting, whatever it is, they like to be involved and, and, and really where the kind of, you know, rubber meets the road. And if you're going to do that, home growing cannabis is the way to go if you're going to, you know, try to source your own medicine. Absolutely. It, it's, it's nice being able to have control when for so long we've felt um, like we're just at the uh, disposal of the VA and everything that they want to hand out and the, the, 
the rules that they have to participate in their program. So it's nice to feel like you have a little bit more say, like you're taking control of your health again. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, if, as, as you try to have a more balanced approach to your health and you're bringing in all these different aspects, you don't want one of those legs of that table to fall off because you couldn't get it because you were waiting for the VA to approve something. When you know that it's coming from your own home and you know that you know, if yoga is part of it, if exercise is part of it, whatever it is, you're going to be able to have all those things all the time. You're not going to be waiting for somebody. Exactly. And, and cannabis, I mean, cannabis has been around for so long um, that, you know, you don't have to worry about like all these side effects. Death is not a side effect. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff that gets pushed by the VA, that is a side effect. It is a legitimate mm-hmm. worry. Um, you know, that what is this going to do to my mental health? You know, is this going to make it worse? Is it going to um, make things blurry. Like, I don't really understand what's going on. And then like you hear about side effects years later, like, did you take this? Yep. And, and, you know, you don't have to worry about that with, with cannabis. And a lot of us, there's a lot of veterans who don't even question what gets handed to them. They just take it. So, you know, I, I implore veterans to look at these other modalities, like don't, don't write it off, you know, um, because it is a viable option, and there's a lot of anecdote, anecdotal evidence coming back in the veteran community of how much it is helping. Yeah, I I know that the people that uh, that I talk to on a regular basis that are using it um, are very happy with their results. That's not to say that it will be the same for everybody. I don't want to say that, but the people that I have close contact with are very happy with their results using it. medically and recreational as just a alternative to say alcohol. A lot of, I know a lot of guys that do that. Yeah. And, and there's a social aspect of cannabis that is, that can be missed if, if you don't do it in the right setting, like if you're just doing it by yourself and you're still staying, you know, hold up in your home, like, yeah, you're going to get some benefits there. But if you connect to a community um, and, you know, that's what we've focused on building is, you know, a peer support network. If you can connect and plug into something like that, then the benefits are, you know, outweigh the pharmaceuticals so much. There's encouragement, there's support, you know, you can uh, learn from other people. So you just get ahead so much quicker. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And if you're growing again, you're going to have so much say in that product that you have, and then you'll have so much more to talk about at, a yep. community gathering and be like, Hey, listen, you know, I did this. I tweaked, like you said, I, I tweaked the, the nitrogen in the soil a little bit and I got this result and it becomes more and more of a club atmosphere where you're exchanging ideas rather than like exactly. you said, hanging out in your basement, watching old episodes of mash while you're smoking <laughs> a joint. I mean, listen, there's benefits to that yep. too. I love mash, but you know, I think you get, <laughs> get out and, and, and see people. It's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And, in, in- that will actually facilitate uh, those types of meetups. You know, there's a lot of anxiety about, um, you know, allowing yourself to trust again after the military. Um, And then when you find like-minded individuals who are kind of in that same boat and they push through that uh, using cannabis, you can see that, Hey, this is something I can do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you were talking about the tents. I want to make sure I have this kind of clear in my head. So when I think of a tent, I'm thinking of something outside, almost like a grow room, almost like, uh, 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 you know, some kind of, a, um, you know, something that you'd grow flowers in that you maybe go to a garden store and you see these big, big tents outside. Um, 
I'm probably wrong for what we're talking about. What 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 are these tents that you're talking about? So it is not like a clear tent. It is not like a, a greenhouse tent okay. or anything like that. It is actually a blacked out tent because you want to control your light and everything. Because one of the things that goes into uh, flowering out a cannabis plant is controlling that light cycle. Um, you know, as long as you have a uh, a photo period plant, which is what a majority of people grow, you want to control. Hey, there's 12 hours of light and there's 12 hours of darkness, and if you have light bleeding through. It's one of the things that can cause issues with your plant um, where you may have some seeds in your plant because it does stress it out okay. um, because you're wanting to mimic uh, what nature does. So you don't want to to have um, more light than it is expecting to have. Yeah. So that that guy in high school that was growing the really crappy weed with all the seeds and crap <laughs> probably just had it like laying out in his room on his windowsill. Exactly. Okay. So that, yeah, there, there's, there's some stressors that you want to control and that type of tent will allow you to control that light. It also allows you to control that humidity. Um, moisture stays in there and can be pulled out through your um, inline fans. And it also helps control the smell as well. Um, so there's, there's multiple reasons why to get these specific tents and you can get different sizes mm -hmm. for your different situations. So you can get like four by eight, you can get four by four, you can get two by two. Okay. So, um, they come in different sizes. Uh, so you can really tailor, you know, for what you need. And, and what are we looking like for uh, a good temperature most of the time to keep this stuff? Is this something I can do, um, in a, in a room that fluctuates or are we looking for a pretty steady temperature throughout the whole growth season? So it's okay if it fluctuates, like in, in the vegetative state, you know, you can do, um, 75, 80 degrees. And if it drops 10 degrees, I think you're going to be fine there. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to want to, when you move it to uh, flower, you're going to want to slowly bring those temperatures down. Um, as well as the uh, relative humidity, you'll want to bring that down as well. So there's, that's why it's important to have all these monitors to where you can control that and see what's going on. Um, a lot of the monitors that I have have a high, like last 24 hours, high reading and a last 24 hours, low reading. So okay. you can see the fluctuation there. Uh, and you do want to try to prevent it from going, you know, 10 degrees or more. Um, so it's, it's relatively easy to control when you have that environment that you know, is, is blocked off. Right. Right. With the, with the tent and everything. And it doesn't yep. sound like you have to have this out in the garage. Like you said, you can get down to even two by two. So if you have an area in the house, the basement or wherever, as long as you can kind of control these in different inputs, you're okay. Yep. And, and one thing that you do want to keep in mind is the height. Some of these two by twos will be short. So you want to make sure that whatever tent you get, allows for room for your uh, any filters you may have in the tent uh, and a light. So you want to make sure that there's a good 24 inches above the top of your canopy. Um, so generally, you're going to want to go for six or eight feet. Uh, th that way, there's plenty of room in case your plant did get a little bit taller. You can raise your light up and, and not worry about uh, burning your leaves up. Right, right. Yeah, definitely don't want that. And again, you don't want any kind of added stressors getting to the plant. So exactly, you know, that all that stuff, that distance between the light and the, and the plant is going to change the stress that the plant is under. Yep. All right. Um, for the guys out there, the guys and girls out there that already do have say a garden outside, 
how similar is it as far as things to look for in the plant that we look for in our normal vegetable garden or plant garden that we have outside? Is it kind of the same ideas as the care portion of it? Or is cannabis just very unique and you have to have these, you know, you're looking for specific things as you kind of go along? It it does have its own um, needs that are maybe a little bit different, like with the light and everything. But generally, it's going to be, I mean, if you... Um, even if you have trouble keeping plants alive, like it's, it's going to be difficult. Like you are going to have to, to overfeed or severely underfeed this plant to kill it. Um, so it's, it's not as hard as a lot of people think. Um, but just, you know, you're going to want to water regularly mm -hmm. and you're going to want to keep an eye on, on pests and, uh, keep an eye on maybe any nutrient deficiencies or nutrient burns so you can make adjustments. It's just really kind of getting in tune with your plant um, and, and uh, creating that relationship where you can kind of see, hey, this has changed, you know, so you can make adjustments as you need. Right. Are Do you see a lot of uh, specific pests that you actually have to deal with that um, that are like a big concern for cannabis? Um, well, there are specific pests that, you know, we see a lot of people bring up on a regular basis. I've had pests, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to introduce pests when you're not careful. Like okay. when you have, uh, you know, your garden outside, um, there is, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of give and take, like it's, it's, uh, easier because the environment is you, you've got everything there's pests and there's predatory uh, mites that may come eat them or something. Mm -hmm. So it kind of takes care of itself. When you get into this controlled environment, if a pest is introduced and there's nothing to stop that pest, it can just have an infestation and, and it'll go wild. So one thing that is uh, important is to make sure that you're not tending to your outdoor garden right before you come in and tend to your indoor garden, oh, which, okay. because you can bring those pests in. Um, we've seen issues with like spider mites or um, fungus gnats. Uh, and, and, you know, there are multiple different things that can come in, um, but there are ways to mitigate those issues, whether you're using um, uh, natural means or, you know, if you want to go hardcore and you want to spray something that's chemical, you can do that. That's up to you. There's people who are okay with using chemicals for that. And there's people who want to go at all natural. Um, right. So it's really kind of up, up to you and, and what you want to do. The chemicals will, you know, be a lot quicker, but your natural, you know, if you want, you can probably introduce those in the beginning just to prevent them um, because they're not going to hurt your, your cannabis. Right. Right. I, I mean, it's just like anything else. You have people that are kind of like, I, I don't want, I want my garden to be organic and I, I don't want any of the bad stuff in there. And then you have other people like when it comes to ticks outside, I don't want to hear organic crap. I want to use the high power <laughs> shit. That's going to just kill a tick. I have this thing about ticks exactly. and I want them dead. All right. Yes. But when it comes to other things, I'm like, you know what, if there's a way that I could keep the mice away without putting poison down, I'd rather do that you know, on my property. It's just me that, you know, if I can put out, I have a hard trap to catch the groundhog rather than putting poison in his hole. I'm going to try to do it that way. Um, but again, ticks, I'm killing them with the, give me the high test. We're, we're taking them out. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and that's where it becomes important to really be in tune with your plant, mm -hmm. because if you can catch something that's introduced early, 
um, there's a chance that you can you can get rid of it, um, whether it takes just cutting that infected part of the plant off mm -hmm. or removing that whole plant. Um, that's the best way. But, you know, I've actually seen where people had a really horrible infestation because they weren't paying attention uh, and it ruined their whole crop. And so they just lose the it's whole thing. Really, exactly. You just really have to keep an eye on it and, and be able to read your plants. And that gets easier with time. Um, you know, in the beginning, you may wonder if you're feeding too much or too little when it's a pest or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. My wife is going through this stuff right now. She just started really wanting to have a lot of house plants around. And she was notorious. Any plant that I ever bought her since we first started dating, she killed. I mean, she would just, just <laughs> murder them. But now she's asking a lot of questions, getting back to the community side of things. She's asking friends. She's asking, say, my mother who has plants all over the house. Hey, am I doing this wrong? Am I watering too much? Did I have the direct sunlight here? Should this have been indirect sunlight, but still in a kind of a bright room? So now she's actually really geeking out on it, and she's now has multiple plants and windowsills and on tables and all this stuff, and now it's taking over my whole damn house. <laughs> I think that's one of the best ways is to gather, you know, community information and you can kind of try these different things out. Like everything I've talked about so far, you know, has generally been what I do and, and how I do it. Um, but there are so many different ways that you can grow cannabis. So there's, mm -hmm. there's no right way or, or wrong way. Well, I mean, there are some wrong ways, but uh, there's no, you know, one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, there is a reason they call this plant a weed. It, it, yep. it, it you, probably will not kill it. You probably will have some level of success. Will it be the best thing that you could have grown? Maybe not, but you probably are going to get something out of your first try. Exactly. And don't expect to have a, um, a high times magazine worthy plant <laughs> on your first grow. Like this is a learning process and that's the best way to learn is through failure. So you will learn like, especially if you have to sacrifice a whole plant, you're like, not doing that again. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's one of the things, you know, there's a lot of people who are hesitant to grow. And, you know, I ask in my community every now and then, I'm like, hey, um, what is preventing you from starting? And a lot of people just say, like, I'm, I'm nervous. And that that is something that holds a lot of people back. Mm -hmm. But once they get in, I hear, wow, that was not as hard as I thought. And then I get to watch the progression like there's one individual that started off and um, his first plant was uh, not the most beautiful plant. I think he may have had some pest issues at one point, um, but now he's, you know, making posts that are vibrant and like, I'm really blown away. I think right. he grows better than I do now. Like it's, it's amazing how much you can learn just by taking that step and trying, you know, like it's, you're going to you're going to fail at certain points it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to grow like you said you're going to have something uh, but you learn what goes into it and, and you know the cause and effect type of thing and, and you choose to do something more or something less based on the you know what you're reading from that plant yeah yeah and and that's all the fun of it too all of this is part of the fun and kind of the reason that you would want to grow your own stuff. It's not just about the end product. It's about the entire process. Like you said, there is a therapeutic um, uh, action with growing something yourself and seeing something all the way through. Yeah, there is a lot of benefit 
um, to just creating that relationship with the plant because you are putting into something that is giving you something back and you can just watch that progression. And, and it's one of the most satisfying things that I've ever done, honestly, like was growing meds. And when I tried it, like for some reason, I thought that what, what I grew was just not going to work <laughs> the first time I did it. Like, I was just like, I did this. That's awesome. Wow. So it, it was an incredibly freeing moment to know that, Hey, I, I have control of this and, and I actually grew something that was good. And I put into this plant and it put back into me what I put into it. So it's, it's very uh, beneficial for mental health. Um, that daily check-in that you have with the plant, if that's something you want to do. I mean, there's a lot of people who talk to their plants, uh, sing a, to their yep, plants. Yep. So all that kind of goes into it, your, your different energies and everything. So it's just, it's so beneficial, a lot more than most people even realize. And then they get into it and they're just like, wow. You get hooked. You get hooked. Yes. That's yes. What, and and there's so go ahead. Oh no, I said that's what like homebrewing or anything like that. It's the same thing. A lot of times it starts with this little uh Mr. Beer kit that brews like this much beer and that's it, and it's all measured <laughs> out for you already. And then all of a sudden you have this huge kit that's in your garage and you got fans and hoods and all this other shit. Yes, that's that's what happened to me, honestly. <laughs> uh, and I've always always had a garden outdoors where you know, I'm growing squash and zucchini mm -hmm. and, you know, peppers and things like that. But it just helps reinforce that type of um, relationship that you have with nature where you're just putting in, you're like, hey, man, I've, I've just got that much more uh, understanding of, of how plants grow and how attuned you have to be to them. And um, you can really just just start becoming just a, a growing enthusiast, uh, enthusiast and right. It's so beneficial. I, I just can't uh, say, you know, how well it will turn out for everyone, but it's going to be so beneficial. Um, and I've just seen so many people grow from growing. It's great. Yeah. And not many people can say they grow their own medicine. That is not something that has been an option for so many people throughout the years, because you are tied to the pharmaceutical industry, you're tied to whatever your doctor prescribes you. And that it, it, for so long, it was just like, that's my only option. I have to take what they give me and that's it. And as marijuana becomes more and more legal at the federal level, there is a negative to that. And that is the control by bigger business, pharmaceutical industries, regulations, price gouging, all these different things. Once you make something legal at the federal level, those things are going to rear their heads. But if you're growing your own in your own home, you can get away from a lot of that. So that's another thought to have as as we kind of go into the future here that you know you can keep yourself away from that industry that has let's be honest not treated veterans that great over the years. Um definitely has not had our back. <laughs> yeah, it there has been a lot of uh, people who are opposed to having home grow on uh, certain bills. Yes. And, you know, it's been slashed in places like Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. in other states. And there's just a, a control issue there. I think there's a lot of worry about maybe lost revenue there. Um, but I don't think that's something that they really need to worry about because, I mean, you just don't have a lot of people growing tobacco or things like that. People like, people still go purchase things, you know, it just makes it easier, right? you know, and, and 
you know, mental health wise, it's just so beneficial. So I don't know why you would want to block that, but yeah. I, I just think it's revenue focused. Yeah. There's always ulterior motives. If, they, if their idea is to be able to tax it a certain way or to have, uh, you know, one industry control it, whether that's the pharmaceutical or farming, you know, big farming, whatever the case may be, if they're trying, if they have deals going on in the background, a guy growing enough of their own supply out of their house is a negative for them. The last thing I want to see is like GMO uh, cannabis. Yeah. Like, I want to want to stay as far away from that as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep it as natural and to the user as possible. Exactly. Yeah. So now as we talk about getting to the user, you have grown this beautiful plant now. It's ready for its high times portfolio. What do we do with it? Okay, so the harvest side of it, it, it's a little different than, say, if I grew my own peppers. Well, I'm just going to pick that off, and I could literally just eat it right now, and we're good to go. But with buds, there are a little bit. There is a little bit of a process to this. So, can you talk a little bit about that? There is. Once you've determined that it's time for you to harvest your plant, and you do that just by, um, like, using a louvre, like, or a microscope. Uh, I've got a digital microscope that I use, and I look at my trichomes, which is the, the sticky resinous little um, little heads. I don't know if you've ever seen a close-up of mm -hmm. a cannabis bud, yep. but you can watch those. There's different stages that they go through throughout their life. There's They're generally clear in the beginning, and then they'll move to a cloudy state, and then they'll move to an amber state. And depending on how you, when you want to harvest, um, you look at that, and then you'll pull when you're ready. And, you know, a clear... Trichome head is going to be more of a sativa-like high. So you're going to have like a, a more of a head high type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and then if you do it when it's closer to amber, then you're going to have more of a uh, indica like body high. Um, so whatever you need is when, uh, you know, you choose to cut that plant. But once you do cut it, then the process starts of actually drying and curing your bud. Um, drying is what you do first. And this is where you're trying to remove moisture out of the buds. You're wanting to allow the chlorophyll to break down. So, uh, generally it's going to take 10 to 14 days for it to dry. Um, and you can also use, if you have room, have another tent where you can control that environment because you're going to want to dry like the first three days, uh, around 68 degrees and you want your humidity to be around 55%. Okay. Um, and this just allows for a slow dry, uh, to where your chlorophyll has time to break down. If it dries quick, um, it may, uh, have like a, um, a harsh taste to it. Um, it, it won't allow the, the flavor to develop as well. So you just really want to control that. So you're not um, throwing after, this in a, uh, in a dehydrator that you have in your kitchen or in like oven no. racks at, on low or anything like no. that. So they do have um, dehydrators that you can put it in. But the way I look at that, like you can cook a steak a couple of different ways. You can do low and slow or you can do nice and quick. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's going to taste different. You're going to have different outcomes. I personally like low and slow. That's why I say just take your time on yeah. all this stuff. Take your time. Um, so just just go slow. Uh, you go too fast. It's just going to be harsh for you. Mm -hmm. um, but then um, you're wanna, you want to keep your relative humidity around 50% after those three days um, and go up to like 10 to 14 days. 
and then you're going to move it into cure. Um, if you do move it to cure a little bit early, then you'll know because it will have like an ammonia smell and then you're going to want to pull it back out of there and make okay. sure that it dries a little bit more. Um, but when you move to cure, you're going to want to put it in a, um, a dark, uh, a dark, dry environment to get it down to around 60% humidity. Um, and then you're going to burp it. Okay. So again, like the first few days, you're going to open it up multiple times a day to make sure any moisture can slowly be released. And you're wanting to basically close it back up and it allows the, the moisture from the inside of the bud to move to the outside of the bud and slowly escape. Um, otherwise you will have, you know, harsh smoke. Um, and you're aiming to end around uh, 57% humidity. You can use like Pavita packs or other moisture control systems. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you can, you can use your cannabis uh, a, maybe as early as two weeks after you have put it into cure, but generally you're going to want to go a couple months if you can. Okay. Um, once you get to that point where you can kind of stage things, you want it to let it sit and it's kind of like wine. It's going to get better with time. Yeah. So again, uh, the, the kind of the, the hidden mantra in all this is that slow, take it, take it slow. Don't rush things and you'll have a better product at the end. Yeah. And this is going to be somewhere that you're really going to have to, control yourself because <laughs> yeah. when you've done this whole process and you get to the end and you see it and it looks ready, you want to just test it out or, or just go at it. And if you do that, you'll, you'll understand why you need to wait a little longer because it'll be harsh on your throat. Uh -huh. um, but it's one of those things that a lot of people uh, will choose just to kind of push through because they want to go ahead and start using that. But I think if you can wait and, and just be patient, that's the best way. Right. Now, is there a difference in this process if you're going to use it, say, in more of, uh, you're not going to smoke it, say you're going to use it more in a cooking uh, world or something like that? Is this process basically the same? Are we doing the same thing? Or are we trying to get the oils out in a different way if we're going to put it in like a butter for baking or something like that? So if you're going to do uh, something where you're not smoking it or anything like that, then you can use it a little bit earlier because okay. you're not going to be worrying about it being too harsh on your, your throat. Um, so I, I think that you could probably take it off a little bit early, but again, it's, it, a lot of this is personal preference. Okay. Like, you know, there, there's no one way to do it because one plant may, you know, behave a little bit differently uh, compared to another plant. So mm -hmm. kind of got to, find what works. You stick with the strain, you figure out how to process it and all that. And there's multiple ways to process it. Um, you know, just find what works for you and, and go from there. And if you have to tweak something, then, you know, you just learned what not to do or what to do next time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that a lot, for a lot of people, uh, especially that maybe haven't smoked in the past, that, that idea of smoking could be a, um, a bridge that they need to cross that they don't want to, um, that doesn't mean that you can't use cannabis. There's so many other ways to use cannabis, whether it's through baking. I mean, now they have tincture drops, they have gummies, all that stuff. Now I'm not saying you're probably not going to be making your own gummies at home, but I'm sure people will be in the future. Uh, you know, it's not, I take nothing away from, uh, ingenuity of people that want to get a good product in the end. <laughs> oh, I've made my own. You it's, have. It's, okay. It's a, yes. It is so simple. And I've used cannabis in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I've made butter. I've made mm -hmm. oil. Uh, I've made rosin. I have a rosin press and I've, you know, just used flour. Uh, I've 
with the rosin, I have uh, put it into cartridges where I can use my own vape cartridge. Um, I've made RSO, which you can put into uh, a little capsule if you want, or you can make it into topicals. There's just, it's such a versatile plant um, that if you don't want to smoke, you don't have to smoke. You can, you can ingest it in some other way. Uh, They they make sugar, uh, you know, you can put it, infuse it in sugar or honey or anything like that. If you want to cook or, you know, this, it's really, um, there's new ways that come out all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very versatile plant. So don't let, you know, the, the uh, stigma of smoking cannabis stop you from uh, learning more about the plant. Yeah. And getting the benefits from it. You know, that's, I mean, in the end, that's what we're looking and that's what we're trying to promote. Uh, That's why I kind of wanted to focus a little bit today more on the medicinal side of it. Listen, recreational is great. And I hope that people can take advantage of the changing in the laws. And, you know, maybe if you don't want to drink as much and you're using this instead, hey, listen, all that's positive and that's good. And, and, you know, that should be available to you. Um, But from a medical standpoint, I want as many people to be able to get the health benefits from this plant as possible. Yeah. I, and I wrote some notes here about like some of the benefits oh, yeah, of please. cannabis use uh, for veterans. I mean, you've got like independence because you can take the healing in your own hands mm-hmm. um, and it, it enhances everyday experiences. Um, like we mentioned, it's not for everyone. So you may have to find what works for you. If you, uh, you smoke something and and it makes you a, a little weird and you don't like that feeling, maybe you don't need to smoke it. Maybe you need a, a topical or a tincture or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but you do, there's a freedom that comes along with, um, you know, being untied with pills. Um, For sure. Then there's support. Uh, there's communities that can guide you. Um, that's a, a great benefit because in addition to learning what you're doing with your plant, you're creating relationships with other veterans and you're kind of replacing that camaraderie that we had in the military because you have military in common. And then you also have healing through this natural modality. Um, so I think it's an excellent way to find support in whether it's local support or it's digital support, you just create those relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, self therapy, the horticulture being therapy in and of itself. And, and, um, you know, it's great for anxiety, depression, sleep, cramps, um, spasms, pain, you know, there's so many things that it can help uh, you uh, deal with on a regular basis that a lot of veterans uh, are struggling with. Um, and then it can also help you find that balance because it it kind of turns the volume down on some of those symptoms to where you can put more energy into healing on, you know, what you need to deal with. Um, so it, it really allows you to just grow mentally and physically um, through your uh recuperation and, and as you, you know, develop a relationship with the plant and, and the community around it. Yeah. And, and it's so true that the balance side of it, and when I had Ron and Tiffany on the, the last time, and we were talking about the balance side of it, it is such a powerful tool to find that balance. Because if you are having issues, say with anxiety and you're not socially interacting because of your anxiety and you start a cannabis regimen that works for you, like you said, there's a built-in community there. It helps break down the barriers that maybe would have kept you away from that community previously. And now, so you're getting multiple benefits in that, that balanced approach of now I can get out and now do things that will help with my overall health because I got that like, little kickstart. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it helps break those barriers that, 
you know, maybe some mental constructs that we've put ourselves mm -hmm. in, in restrained, you know, our mental ability to reach out and create those relationships. It kind of breaks those down to where we can be more vulnerable to, to trust people who, um, who are going through some of the similar things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that, and again, that's that community aspect that I think so many veterans can benefit from because they get it. They get what the other veteran is going through. And even if they didn't go through a similar experience, they can come from a place of understanding and be like, hey, all right, no, I didn't go through that, but I get where you're coming from. And it's that validation of what you're going through and that you're not alone. Yep. The validation and empathy that you can get from this type of community is invaluable. Like it's, it's so amazing to see someone speak out of a place of frustration or, um, you know, feel like they're at the, that edge and you just see the community come to their support and, and there's so much encouragement and um, they just lift each other up. And, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to see uh, the community come to the aid of another person. It kind of speaks to the mantra that we all uh, went through with the military of like never leaving, you know, a fallen soldier. So um, yep. yeah. it's, it's being there for your wingman. You know, I was air force. So it was wingman, uh, you know, it might've been battle buddy in another service or what, you know, it was all, it was a different term. It was all meant the same thing. Exactly. So, yep. um, so any tips or tricks that you want to throw at, a new grower, something that anybody should be looking out for in the beginning, um, you know, just to get off on the right foot with this? Um, I would say just do it. Um, okay. You know, I, I talk about going slow and everything. Uh, that would be one place where I would say don't overthink it. Don't go too slow. Like you want to move, move on it. Um, stop making excuses. I mean, that may sound a little harsh, um, because you're going to make mistakes. And if you allow yourself to not do something because of fear of, of failure, then, um, you're not going to be able to experience the, the healing benefits, but you know, with failure, that's how you grow. So, um, just know that it's a resilient plant and you're going to get what you put into it. So if you really want this to work, then it's going to work for you. Um, right. I mentioned go slow, just take your time, uh, have a community, um, that you can reach out and ask questions about. Um, and I would probably say stick with one strain, okay. um, because there's that, that was one thing that when I first started, I kind of, um, overwhelmed myself because each strain has different needs. And if you're trying to just, um, use the same nutrients for different strains, then this one's good, may do well, but this one is falling behind and you start stressing yourself out, wondering what's going wrong, but really it's just best to stick with one strain because they're all going to have the same needs. If, if it, they're all the same strain. Right. Uh, right. So You're not going to have I, plants in the same uh, tent that are doing different things. You're going to, they should all be kind of doing the same things if you've kept things pretty steady. Yeah. I, I tried to go too fast. I was like, this strain may work, this strain may work, yeah. and this strain may work. So let me do all of these to see, you know, so I don't waste any time. Um, and I kind of got ahead of myself and I learned that I really just need to slow down. I need to have balance. I need to, to understand that these things take time to, to um, grow and uh, understand. And, and you, you've got to learn from these little, uh, mistakes and, and 
successes that you have, like you, you really got to, to just commit yourself to this and just be like, okay, I'm going to do it. If I have problems, I'm going to reach out to these people and know that you're going to be fine. Yeah. So like you said, it's that holistic idea of this isn't just about the medicine that you're growing. It's the entire process and embrace the entire process, get started and do it. Exactly. Just, just do it. Um, You will not regret it. I promise you, you won't regret it. And if you have to throw a plant out and that was your only plant, you're going to be fine because you're, you're no worse off than you were before. And you get to start again and you know what not to do again. Exactly. You won't make that mistake the second time. Like you said earlier, you'll, if you waste a whole plant, you'll be like, I am not doing that again. (laughs) Exactly. So, and, and that was how I learned there was, I threw out plants and it's a sad day when that happens, (laughs) but you do not forget. You don't forget. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, where can people find some good information if they do have some questions, um, if they're looking to try to find an organization or a community that they can get involved with? Is there a place that they can kind of go to get some of this information? Yeah. I mean, if you're a veteran, uh, you can go to bvn.vet and join our community. Okay. And we've got a lot of great information. And, and we even go beyond you know just cannabis on there because we talk about all, all four of our initiatives, uh, which is mental wellness, movement. Operation 1620, which is the cannabis piece, and then Project Triangle, which is entheogens. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, some more discussion that we can have at, at another time, because there's just all kind of alternatives that we have uh, that we don't need to take off the table, because yes. there is some excellent anecdotal evidence showing that this can help uh, people where pharmaceuticals just aren't, you know, hitting the mark. Yeah. One of the, one of the um, best things about this show uh, since I started was having people come on to talk about alternatives to pharmaceuticals, everything from equine therapy to MDMA-assisted psychotherapy to cannabis, like we've been talking about, horticulture, um, surf therapy, uh, you know, just all sorts of different stuff. And it's been such a pleasure for me. And I've learned so much because I didn't know that half this stuff was out there. If you would have told me, I never even knew there was a thing called equine therapy. didn't know what that was. Um, But there are so many things out there to help veterans and just the community at large. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things I wanted to make sure that, um, we had all these different alternatives out there for people to just educate themselves on so they can make their own decision. Um, you know, YouTube's a great resource. There are, um, some very, uh, knowledgeable master growers out there, um, that you can follow and, and they will take you along with their grow or, uh, you can kind of, mimic what they're doing if you want like ed rosenthal and um like mr canucks grow and um just some some great resources and and you can learn from them and if you don't want to join a community uh it's a great resource to just watch videos and and um pick up on some of their tips yeah youtube is a great great place for everything (laughs) if if you can't find a video on a guy doing something on youtube you didn't look hard enough (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, there's pretty much a video on anything you want to do (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And just, I I implore people to find local nonprofits to plug into. Mm -hmm. There's other great nonprofits like, uh, uh, the grateful veteran and, and just groups like mission zero actual who are, uh, helping people understand that there are alternatives for them to check out and communities to join. Yeah. 
Yeah, there really is. I mean, for anybody here on Long Island, uh, you know, please, if you want to, you could always reach out to this show. Um, we've had people on that are local here that are doing things with yoga, art therapy, uh, Project Nine Line, uh, all these different things that are going on. There is some type of a program out there for every single person. There is. Um, don't ever think that there's not an option to get something more than just pharmaceuticals given to you. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, with all this being said, I'm not uh, anti-pharmaceutical no. by any means. No. Um, like I take heart, heartburn medicine. Uh, I to You know, if there's a way that I can use cannabis to reduce heartburn, I probably would do it if I could get rid of that. Mm-hmm. I've not found that yet. Yeah. So, you know, there are uh, certain pharmaceuticals that are beneficial. Um, it's really, you know, I think it's smart to just kind of question everything we've been told. We've got a lot of information at our fingertips, so mm-hmm. we don't have to go on the word of our government anymore. We can really do our own research and, and tailor our own um, path to healing, whether it's a mixture of pharmaceuticals, whether it's all natural. Um, you know, you can find what works for your situation. Yeah, And I think the doctors, especially out in the civilian world, are starting to come around. I know that the DOs that I've spoken, my heart, my my heart doctor's a DO, and she is open to things that I would have never heard a doctor say, say twenty years ago. They're 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 kind of opening up to the idea that there's other things out there besides just, hey, you had a heart attack, so we're going to put you on these four heart medicines, and then we're not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, a lot of our medical professionals these days do not get a lot of uh, classes or education on natural healing methods, Mm -hmm. uh, including cannabis. So they have to do their own, you know, post-college reading and, and you know, research. And there's still even restrictions with the doctors at the VA. You know, they they can uh, not recommend cannabis and the the VA kind of recommends that you talk to your doctor about it. But um, depending on where you're at and the personal views of your doctor, you may or may not have a, uh, a negative note written in your file. Like we've heard of, you know, veterans actually being told, Hey, you've got cannabis use disorder. And then, you know, they're kind of wondering what's going on. Why is there not a pharmaceutical use disorder? Like with all the pills you're pushing, like, yeah. I mean, a lot of them just have a very closed mindset. So working to change that is, is going to be uh, a large uphill battle, but I think we need to start with educating our medical professionals in, you know, their um, educational upbringing, you know, where they're learning about the the different ways that they can provide healing modalities to, to everyone, whether it's a veteran or civilian, mm-hmm. um, there are options and we don't need to act like this is not an option. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's we just have to be honest with everybody and say there are other things. It's it's okay. Um, you know, it's it's you don't have to just take um, you know, a pharmaceutical right off the bat. We can try a couple things. We can like you said, a hybrid approach. Um, which is usually a lot of times is the best way to go about it. I mean, you might still need some type. Listen, if you had a heart attack, you're probably going to be on Berlinta. It's going to happen. You might be on a beta blocker. I'm going to go ahead and say there's probably not the best thing to fool around with with just going all natural with that. You're going to want probably a hybrid approach if you had something serious like that. (laughs) 
Absolutely. And if you've been on like antidepressants for like 10, 15 years, you know, it's okay to, to stay on those. Like there's <laughs> some people who, who do think that cannabis is, you know, uh, a golden drug that or, or golden, um, approach to get off of everything. And right. in a lot of cases, that's just, just not, not, yeah, it's you know, just not the case all the time. <laughs> no, no. And we've, you know, I've heard of people who have had that mindset and, you know, we heard from, uh, the wife of a veteran who ended up passing away because he put all of his eggs into the cannabis basket. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he quit going to his doctor's checkups and, uh, ended up passing away from cancer because he thought that, you know, this would be the way, you know, this heals everything and it just did not um, end up working out. And so we just encourage people to continue um, looking for balance. Don't just put everything into this. You know, there. that's why I say pharmaceuticals are not evil. Uh, we just ask that, you know, you kind of don't take this off the table and question, hey, are there other alternatives? Well, you know what? I think that is a great place to end because I think that is the message that growing is great, all this stuff, a lot of information today. and But I think the, the overall theme is don't take anything off the table. You know, do your, be your own advocate, do your research, take it slow, figure out what works best for you, and you'll have the best end result. Exactly. Caleb, thank you so much for coming on. I really had a blast talking to you about growing and cannabis and everything. I got a lot to talk to my wife about um, tonight. I can't wait to fill her in with some of this stuff um, because, uh, you know, I know she's been looking at different ideas of, of ways to use it. She's a big CBD user. Um, but I, I love being able to give her information after the fact. So it's always kind of uh, the joy of, of getting somebody on the show and talking as I go tell her all about it afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I enjoy talking about cannabis and all of the natural modalities. So would love to continue the conversation at another time. For sure. Definitely. We'll definitely uh, we'll do this again and we'll uh, get more information out to everybody. Sounds great. All Thank right. you, man. Thank you, Caleb. Appreciate it. Caleb for coming on the show. That was a lot of fun and uh, definitely get you wanting to just start up your own little garden and uh, your little grow room or whatever you're going to do. Um, he gave us a lot of information. Please check out those resources that he was talking about. Be smart about it. Listen, look in, do your own research about the laws in your area. I don't want to make blanket statements about any state or locality because I know even here in New York, a lot of the counties are having meetings and passing legislation at the county level that changes the state level law. Which one trumps which one? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. That's why I say, please go out, read the bills that are passed, check your local county laws and all that kind of stuff to make sure you don't get yourself in any trouble before you start growing the stuff. Um, and then look into getting seeds or clones. Like he said, like Caleb kind of advocated more for the clone if you're trying to get right into it. Um, but there's there's all these different ways to start. You don't doesn't sound like you need to spend a lot of money just to get started. Um, you know, a small little grow tent, some fans and some lights. And it looks like, boom, you're in it. Um, nothing better than being able to grow your own medicine and bring it right to the table. 
whether it's for medical or recreational use, I, I, I'm kind of into more the medical side of it as far as growing your own medicine. But if you're using it for recreational use, you don't want to drink as much. You want to just smoke a joint at the end of the day. Hey, have at it. I'm never going to tell you that's wrong. Um, I think it's a lot better than drinking sometimes. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't advocate for, uh, you know, any kind of drug use or anything like that. I don't want to say it like that. But listen, everybody, you do you. I'm not going to judge. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we don't, uh, we don't judge on this show. So, uh, you know, I just want to give out good information about how you can control what you bring into your own home, whether that's for medicine or for recreation. Um, like I said, go over to Balanced Veteran Network and check out all the stuff that they have. Great information over there um, to really kind of kickstart your use of medical marijuana. They have stuff about that. And then they also have uh, some information and, and, and links for growing as well. Um, the biggest thing that, that Caleb kind of kept hitting on was that community aspect and you know getting involved in the local community and talking to people that are already doing this. That's going to be your best resource. So please do that. Do your research again. Check out those local laws. Make sure you're on the up and up. Um, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. We'll be coming back again uh, next week for you and uh, hopefully with another great interview. Uh, again, uh, please send in any ideas that you have for the new segment, uh, products, or anything that you want me to review. Send those into bulletproofveteran at gmail.com. Uh, head over to the Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. I always am putting stuff out on there. Uh, yeah. Check out the shirts, Amazon.com. Bulletproof veteran. Uh, I think you'll like the designs. I got more coming out. I got more ideas rattling around in the brain. I just got to get them down into uh, into the old software so that I can uh, send them over to Amazon for printing. Uh, so I hope you guys like what we're doing. And uh, again, you can always send over anything. There's a contact page at bulletproofveteran.com. Um, you know, things we could be doing better. If you have uh, show ideas, interviews that you'd like to see me do. Send that stuff over. I'm always looking for information, so please do that. Um, I think that's it. All right. For Bulletproof Veteran Podcast, my name is Jason, and thank you for your service.